Hello and welcome to the PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Ian Harditz, and today we continue our Fantasy Files series with a look at Ezekiel Elliott. Now, if you had Zeke on your fantasy team in 2020, you probably were not thrilled. If you're a Dallas Cowboys fan in 2020, you were probably not thrilled. I get it. He scored just eight total touchdowns, coughed up the ball on count of six separate occasions, and he tied for the position lead with Miles Sanders in drops. It was not a good year. I get it. With that said, let's look at the bigger picture just a little bit. I mean, Zeke was the best running back in college football, leading Ohio State in 2014 natty. Another great junior campaign, led the NFL in rushing yards per game in each of 2016, 2017, 2018. In 2019, the guy went for 1,777 total yards and 14 scores. So, yes, 2020, brutal. No way. No, no way to get around that. I would just say for the rest of his career, Zeke's been nothing short of a fantastic running back. And as much as people want to you know, talk about his weight, not moving the same, he has been one of those guys that at his best just seems to move differently than other players at the position. Hey, we need to focus on 2020, though, because it was bad. As a rusher, PFF rushing grade, he was 35th among 47 running backs with at least 100 carries. He was tied for 21st in missed tackles force per attempt, tied for 37th in yards per carry, tied for 28th in yards after contact per attempt, and a brutal 43rd in stuff rate, which measures your percentage of carries that got stuffed at the line of scrimmage or behind the line. It was just as bad as a receiver. I mean, 38th among 46 qualified uh, running backs in receiving grade, tied for 35th in yards per reception tied for 34th in yards per out run 43rd among 46 in passer rating when targeted so it was an awful season we did see a few glimpses in week one against the rams 127 total yards two touchdowns and he looked good i mean that screen he took for the end zone I mean, he caught like three different Rams almost over pursuing it and was able to cut back into the end zone. It's, you know, it's funny, Dak this offseason has been talking about how Zeke's in the best shape of his life. I mean, I know my guy over established run, Evan Silva, after week one last year, said that Zeke honestly looked better and just passed the eye test more than he had in years. And I was right there with him. I agreed. Unfortunately, we did not quite see that continue into the year. Uh, he had some other okay games, though. I mean, 100 total yards and additional five games. I think his best game that people are just kind of given up on him by this point was in week 16 against the Eagles. He amassed 11 forced missed tackles on 19 carries. That tied week 17 Derrick Henry for the highest single week mark from any running back in 2020. So we still saw flashes of Zeke being great. The problem was, look at this offense last year, people. Like, there's a reason why when we saw it go from Dak to Andy Dalton, that things just got exceptionally rough in a hurry. I mean, with Dak under center, they scored 17, 40, 31, 38, and then 37 points. After that, they went 10, 3, 9, and 19-point efforts before they had a bye week to kind of get their shit together. So, left tackle, Tyron Smith. Typical all-universe, you know, uh, tackle in the NFL. Played just 154 snaps last season. Lel Collins missed the entire season. Zach Martin, he missed six games himself. I mean, this was just a situation where all of their top talents on the offensive line by basically halfway through the year were sidelined. And for their tackles... It was a hell of a lot more than that. So really not a good situation for anybody to be around uh, in terms of just fantasy friendliness. And yeah, it, it was not a great spot for Zeke. I would just say like the one issue that's kind of hurting Zeke more than anything is how freaking good Tony Pollard is. And it's not that Pollard is so much better than Zeke. He looks so much better than every running back in the league almost, people. And it really is wild. If you haven't watched a ton of Cowboys games over the years. Like, I'm not just, you know, trying to jerk off this backup running back for no reason. Pollard, since he entered the league, fifth highest graded running back. 
tied with Nick Chubb for the highest rate of missed tackles forced per rush and tied with Derek freaking Henry for the most yards after contact per rush. So Tony Pollard is incredible. I was hoping last year before they drafted CD Lamb that he would have this, you know, RB slot hybrid role, basically what the Jaguars apparently want to do with Travis Etienne. But unfortunately, Jerry Jones has roughly 90 million reasons for the team to continue to treat Elliott as his three down workhorse. And we saw that last year. I mean, Pollard in that 49ers game with uh, Zeke sideline, 132 total yards and a pair of touchdowns and looked great doing it. I mean, that icing, that icing touchdown run he had, he broke like four tackles. Again, I mean, Pollard's highlight clip is absolutely absurd. People check it out if you haven't already. The problem was next week, even with Zeke returning from injury, Zeke out touched him 23 to 10 so Pollard has earned his way into you know a handful of touches per week the problem is again those 90 million reasons for Jerry Jones and company to continue to feed Zeke everything he can handle so this Cowboys offense though is where we need to look back to and just feel good about again those point totals with tack under center 17 40 31 38 and 37 and a lot of that had to do with their defense being awful and getting into these routine shootouts guess what people their defense again looks awful because they have all their freaking money tied up in this offense so i think you know looking at just overall volume it's, it's hard to find you know you only need one hand to count the amount of running backs that should go ahead of zeke in terms of pure volume i've mentioned this on several podcasts but last year running backs Per rush attempt, average 0.64 PPR points. And per target, they average 1.58. I took that formula, applied it to our projections. And the only running backs with a higher fantasy opportunity score going into 2021, Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook, and Saquon Barkley. So Zeke really has an argument to be RB4. Uh, I don't have him just one spot below that. We'll get to that in just a second. But that does take us to our PFF Lily stat. And that is that Zeke has been nothing short of an exceptional fantasy back since he got into the league. 2016, overall PPR RB2. 2017, he was the RB12 in just 10 games, RB3 in PPR points per game. 2018, he was the RB5. 2019, he was the RB3. Even in 2020, even as bad as the year went, even missing one game, he was still the RB9. And with Dak under center, he was the RB3. So in terms of just when Zeke has had his starting quarterback and been on the field, we have not seen him work as anything worse than the RB5 since he entered the league. And that takes me to my ranking, and it will be right there as a PPR RB5. I had Aaron Jones in this spot for a while, but there's enough concern with the Aaron Rodgers situation for me to drop him down a spot. So the only running backs I have ahead of Zeke at the moment, Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook, Saquon Barkley and Derrick Henry. And I'll tell you what, you know, I'm, I'm, I got Blue Moon sitting down here right now. And if I get, uh, you know, another 11 or 12 of these into me, I might be jumping on the head of Derrick Henry before too long. It's just the potential for targets. Again, it hurts so badly and full PPR scoring uh, guys like Derrick Henry and Jonathan Taylor when they just don't even have the opportunity to catch as many balls as someone, you know, like Saquon or Zeke, who they aren't going to lead their freaking team in receiving. I get that. But Zeke's caught 52, 54, 70 seven passes over the past three seasons like does Derek I don't think Derek Henry has 50 career receptions in the NFL okay he has 76 but he's never even caught 20 passes in a single season so Zeke no is he a top five running back is he the top five real life running back that the Cowboys are more than paying him to be he is not and that sucks it's not a good contract they should get out of it after the end of 2022 when they have the out to do so that doesn't mean he can't continue to be anyone's idea of an elite fantasy RB because Zeke once again, as he has had his entire career, has one of the most fantasy-friendly workloads in the entire sport. So with that said, uh, Tony Pollard is someone where I think the hype's a little higher on him than it should be. Right now, he's going ahead of guys like Gus Edwards, A.J. Dillon, Daryl Henderson, Latavius Murray. Those guys are going to have likely 
double-digit uh, combined carries and targets throughout the season. I get it. If Zeke goes down, Pollard will instantly be a top 10, if not top 5, probably honestly top 5. Like, we'll squeeze him in there. Uh, running back in Fantasyland for that game. Like, the problem is, though, Zeke has missed the one game last year. He got suspended in 2017. Other than that, the guys didn't get injured. I mean, he is a freaking hammer out there, and you got to give him some credit. You know, availability is the best ability common saying and Zeke has more of that than just about anyone so Tony Pollard if you can get him at a reasonable spot that's fine I just will be careful about taking him ahead of these running backs that can at least give you you know some maybe some flex level production uh, while their starters continue to play and they have all I mean Gus Dylan Henderson Murray they all have similar not maybe not top five ceilings like Pollard in the best case scenario but still solid enough you know top 12 top 15 ceilings so hope you enjoyed this uh, edition of the PFF fantasy podcast if you did please check out the rest of our podcast network you can recap the NFL draft with Mike Renner and Austin Gales two for one drafts podcast or your all 2021 betting content you need with the pff forecast and also please check out pff's 2021 best ball draft kids tiered rankings the projections the targetable stacks the seasons favorable matchups the only resource you'd ever need to wreak havoc across best ball formats all summer long take what you learned there and head on over to underdog fantasy go to underdogfantasy.com and deposit ten dollars using promo code pff and get a free pff edge annual description that's promo code pff draft now at underdog fantasy Got a quick thing to get off my chest. Hey, if you people don't like the personal notes, you know, just stories at the end of the podcast, that's fine. Turn it off. I don't blame you. I don't like how a lot of fantasy podcasts do the long kind of intros about nonsense to start and then get into it. But I do sometimes enjoy other non, uh, you know, non-specific fantasy things to talk about. And uh, that's why I'm going to keep them at the end of these podcasts. So I do have a quick story. Uh, Le'Veon Bell has been in the news a lot. Basically say he doesn't want to play with Andy Reid or he hated the experience. He'll never do it again. Andy Reid came back and you know just kind of took the high rub with it i actually played against Le'Veon bell twice in high school central ohio guys he went to groveport i was over at dublin jerome my first ever varsity start came against this dude i had no idea who he was and this mofo needed like 10 or 11 carries to go for 220 yards and two touchdowns against us just absurd highlights they were running this weird like they were almost lining up in like the wishbone, like flex. Like he was like the fullback. He wasn't even being treated as a legit running back yet. I don't know what their coaches were doing. And he was just getting these like fullback traps and just proceeding to either run over everybody because he was already like 6'2, 230 as a freaking, you know, high school junior. Or, God forbid, he'd get to the outside and then just embarrass whatever, you know, 5'6, 130 pound uh, white cornerback that my school happened to be trotting out there. So we get smacked by Le'Veon my uh, sophomore year. And then junior year, comes around we, we know who he is at this point feeling pretty good going to that game they're undefeated we go to Groveport and guys we held Le'Veon Bell to a mere 330 rushing yards three touchdowns god it was just brutal I mean the amount of times this dude I had to chase him you know just running away from our entire defense got a awfully annoying after a while so Le'Veon Bell you know obviously he's kind of hit a down stretch but I will say this man one of the best players to ever come out of Central Ohio and before you know you're too quick to just slander the guy just remember with some of those Steelers teams how special he was as both a rusher and receiver and it's wild like even back when he was 16 17 he had that same exact you know patient running style that you can't watch one game of his without hearing a commentator or two talk about i guess i just did as well so i've become uh you know the commentators i hate and strive not to be so that's that Le'Veon. hope you find a team hope you turn the career around uh either way central ohio legends so 
Good luck to Le'Veon and good luck to all of you listeners out there. Hope you guys have a fantastic weekend, rest of the offseason. We'll be back with more Daily Fantasy Files here on uh, Monday and beyond. So thank you as always for tuning in to PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. And until next time, take care, everybody. 